0: Hey friends, and welcome to The Shadow Show, where we shed light on the everyday woman. I'm your host, Emma Danzi, and I'm dedicated to bringing you real-life stories and interviews with everyday women. So let's get started hey everyone welcome to episode three with our special guest today Avery Mulliken Avery is one of my best friends from high school and college she's a nurse living in Denver Colorado a wife a DIY expert and a conqueror of depression Her words in this podcast are so powerful and she is wise beyond her years. She's one of the most gracious women that I know. In addition to her gentle and quiet spirit, she is so intelligent and I'm going to brag on her for being the valedictorian of our high school class. So my heart is happy to shed some light on one of my best friends. Please welcome Avery Mulligan. Hey, Avery, it's Emma. Welcome to The Shadow Show. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm so glad that you agreed to do this. I'm pumped to see you in less than how many days? Like probably less than 20.
1: Yeah, I think it's two weeks, right?
0: Yes. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, it is. So um, anyone listening, Avery and I are friends from... High school but we also had the opportunity to go to the same college and be roommates and all of our best friends from college have rented an airbnb cabin in the mountains of boone and blowing rock area and we are having a reunion and it's really crazy because we are all in different states <laughs> we went to liberty university so a lot of us were from different areas anyways But um, yeah, so we're really excited. I can't wait to see you soon. And I'm excited that you're here with us today. Well, thank you. And you can tell all our listeners where you have moved to since you got married. Avery is from my hometown. So she is now in... (laughs) I'm just north of Denver, Colorado. Yeah. So that's been a big change in your life. So why don't you talk about that transition of moving miles away from family and friends and everything kind of that you knew to venture off with Tanner in kind of a new season
1: yes it definitely was quite the transition uh, yeah. life in Colorado now is wonderful and I love it it's great being close to Tanner's family and having Denver just down the road and of course the Rocky Mountains yeah um there's just lots of hiking and exploring to do. I just love that part of it. But I will be honest, it was a big adjustment when I first moved out here. And at first, I, I didn't love it. I missed everything that I was mm. used to. I missed North Carolina. I was just far away from my comfort zone. Um, yeah. yeah, so
0: <laughs> definitely miss you too. Yeah. Yeah, what uh, would you say to maybe someone who's in that transitional season right now in life, whether, you know, they just got married and moved or they got a job and moved and they're just in a new place and kind of not completely comfortable with it? Well, it definitely helped finally being with Tanner because it we were long
1: distance for a year, so that mm-hmm. definitely helped, but I did have to change my perspective And instead of focusing on all the negatives and all the things that I missed, I started to look for the positives here. And when Mm -hmm. you start looking for things like that, it makes it a lot easier to see the beauty in your new place or to find new places to love. Um, And out here, there's a lot of beauty to appreciate. So that definitely helped. But when I first moved, yes, (laughs) when I first moved, (laughs) it was the winter time. Everything was already dead and brown. And it was very sad. <laughs> but even in that, you can still find lots of beautiful
0: things. Just, yeah, well, it stays winter.
1: Sorry, it stays winter till like April, right? <laughs> yeah, well, and I think the first year I was out here, we were even getting snow in May. So, wow, that was a big difference having about maybe six months of winter compared to two months in North Carolina.
0: Yeah. Now, did you go skiing at, during that time, or was that later? I did, and that was fun. I've only been once out here, but I'd love where to, did you to go? go again.
1: We went to Loveland. Loveland. I can't tell you where that is, but it's
0: somewhere in <laughs> the mountains. Know. That's cool. What are some of the positives that you found about your area? What, like, what's your top three from what being there? What, what's your favorite?
1: Um, honestly, having Tanner's family is probably my top that is really nice having people who you know you can depend on Mm -hmm. and that was
0: a huge help with the transition
1: good Um, I I love
0: his sister and I saw she got engaged yes (laughs) (laughs) so exciting so that that was definitely number one
1: um number two you know there's just so much outdoor stuff to do and that's what I thrive on so whether it's just we have a little lake in the backyard that I can walk around or if we drive up in the mountains you know if it's something outside with scenery I'm happy that's good and then three let's see I really enjoy I and mean, there's just a lot of stuff to do even in the city there's lots of shopping even if you don't drive down in Denver there's lots of stuff no matter where you go so everything's very convenient here i literally five minutes away from any type of thing that I would need, whether it's Walmart or the gas station. So it's nice
0: having everything so close. Wow. That's really good. And that's kind of like here in some ways. Um, That's one of the things I appreciated once I wasn't in our hometown of Hickory. That's cool that it's like that there. I know I thought it would be more spread out because it's mountainous, but I've been to Colorado Springs, but I've not been to Denver yet, but I'm going to be yes, you'll have to definitely either. have that trip planned this winter, spring time. And you're also a nurse. So tell, uh, tell us your story, Avery. I don't know. I don't know if I've even asked you what was the moment you knew you wanted to be a nurse or what kind of led you to decide to be a nurse as your career?
1: You know, people ask me that a lot. And honestly, I don't know what exactly led me to it, except prob- I'm sure it was God knowing that it was going to be something that was a good fit. Um, but I was in sixth grade. Out of my whole family, I have an aunt who's a nurse, and that's it. Everybody else, um, there's lots of teachers, and but I nobody really in the medical field except um, some of the current generation with me. But in sixth grade and since then, that's when I knew I wanted to be a nurse. And I don't really know how that came up. I knew I liked science. Mm -hmm. I liked everything medical seemed really interesting to me. And I wanted to be able to do something where I was helping people. So it just seemed great.
0: Yeah. Did you have somebody in your life that influenced that? Like a teacher or your aunt or anything like that? You know, I, honestly, I don't know. <laughs> I
1: mean, yeah. every, I think everybody who's been in my life has helped kind of lead up to that. And so I, I think it's just kind of everybody coming together where it's like my science teachers, my family, mm-hmm. uh, everybody's been really supportive and everybody has taught me
0: something that's helped along the way in this journey. Yeah. They must feel so proud because you're amazing. You've always been. So academic and so motivated and yeah, ever since I've known you. And one thing too for anyone listening is it was so nice for me to have a nursing major as a roommate <laughs> because if I ever had a question about oh no, like do I need to go to the doctor or what's this, Avery? I can't tell you how many times I had to ask her because I was panicking, you know. <laughs> and so um I just love that because I know Nothing of that field, and I have no desire. Uh, all I desire is to not be in the hospital. So <laughs> anyone who's driven to it is a pretty impressive person to me. And um, and I know that you work long hours too. So what's your typical week look like as a nurse?
1: Well, one of the nice things with being a nurse is you do work long hours, but you only work three days a week if you're working in a hospital typically. So okay. what's Kind of weird is it could be any three days of the week. I am able to kinda of choose what days I want. We're required to do a certain amount of weekends, but um, you know, every week is different, but it's nice because you know, I can plan and take a week off and not take any vacation time, or I could have a, a four day weekend potentially. So it is nice with the
0: schedule. I yeah. Do, do you ever feel like burnt out on that schedule or are you kind of used to it?
1: I, I do think it can be hard to work 12 hours in a row, um, especially mm-hmm. if you do your days in a row. I like to normally do threes. Um, it, it depends, though, because some weeks, you know, you can feel maybe burnout after just a 12-hour shift. And, you know, I think part of it is you have, at least at my hospital, we have a really good support system, and I think that definitely helps. But it is uh, stressful, and it can be an exhausting job physically, mentally, and emotionally. And burnout is very common, especially on hospital floors. Yeah. So one thing, at least for me, we have a lot of support at the hospital, like I was saying, but it also it definitely helps relying on Jesus because you know you're trying to pour into other people And we only have so much, but you know, you have consistently Jesus pouring into you. You can pour that back out. So definitely being refilled and refreshed by Him.
0: Mm -hmm. And and just reminding yourself that He's the healer, and that that you go to Him for your you know spiritual strength and emotional strength, to and even physical to to be healed yourself, so that you can go and help heal other people in His name. And I think that's really special. What have you had an experience? First of all, uh, tell everybody listening what department you're in. And then if you've had just a really cool, maybe miraculous story of something that happened, or even just a way that you saw God working in a hard situation with a patient or their family.
1: Well, right now I work on a telemetry floor. And that basically is I do cardiac and neuro. So We handle a lot of heart attacks, Mm -hmm. heart failure, arrhythmias. And then for the neuro, it's mostly strokes. Mm -hmm. So I think, um, and really, you know, anytime you're looking for the Lord working, you don't have to look very far. And I think what speaks to me the most in my job, there's a lot of loss that we see could be, you know, a death of somebody or with a stroke you can lose you know, the functioning of your legs or eyesight there's lots of things and just seeing how we can pour into our patients and how they rely on the Lord to get through that it, mm-hmm. it's tough but just being reminded every day that this isn't our home and that one day God's going to heal all our ailments and all our diseases and so I think that probably is the most encouraging thing that I see.
0: Yeah. Do you meet a lot of other believer nurses, or are you kind of like the only one? What's that look like where you're at? I, I think there is a good
1: mix where I work. Okay. So, yeah, you have. There's a lot of really strong believers, and then there's some who, who don't, you know, see what we see in having a savior to rely on.
0: Mm -hmm. Do you notice a difference like in your patients coming in, you know, the ones that are believers and the ones who aren't like, have you seen a difference in their level of just hope or perspective?
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think no matter what, when you're in the hospital and sick, it's, it's tough even when you do have the Lord Mm -hmm. and seeing the people who have no hope in a future it it is really it's hard you know you most of the people we take care of are elderly, so they're you're thinking about what's in your future and you mm-hmm. don't have much time left and that that is the the hard part because if you don't have a hope to look forward to i mean
0: it it is devastating, yeah, for sure do you have any advice maybe for a nurse out there or just anybody in a career, honestly, that is dealing with crisis or trauma of how you maintain like composure during these situations, or maybe just some tips or a Bible verse that's really encouraged you as you've been walking through the valleys with a lot of people.
1: No, I think that, I mean, there even if you're doing something where it's not a life or death situation, there is so much stress in any type of job. I think that relying on God is really the only way to get through. And Mm -hmm. and I couldn't do it without him. You know, he, like you were saying, he's the healer and the great physician and knowing that it's not, something that we can leave in our hands and feel like we, all the responsibility has to fall on our shoulders mm-hmm. but really just leaving it to God because you know we can only do so much and leaving it all in God's hands that's really comforting and so even if a situation doesn't end up how you wish it could and you couldn't save that person for the nurses out there mm-hmm. you know God has everything in his control and We can only do what we can and leave the rest to him. So I think that's been something, at least for me, the situations where I feel like I could have done more Mm
0: -hmm.
1: or something along those lines, but knowing that he's in control, that's been the biggest help to me.
0: Yeah, because you probably have to really battle guilt when things don't go the way that you maybe try to do the best you could. And like, I just think of how you always, Strive so hard uh, to work hard in school. And, you know, if you, if you mess up in, in real life, (laughs) in adulthood, (laughs) it's somebody's life on the line. So, but, you know, we're thankful that there are people like y'all willing to do that because a lot of people probably couldn't even perform the surgeries or work on people in the ways that y'all do. So, Uh, So thank you. Um, But what would you say to anybody maybe who's struggling with guilt in their job, you know, who maybe things didn't turn out the way that they had hoped and they're beating themselves up over what they did wrong?
1: And that's something guilt is honestly something I've struggled with my whole life, whether it's something that's work related or anything, really, that's been one of my big struggles. Mm. And one of the things that I remember is that we do not need to be slaves to our guilt because God set us free from that. And we don't, one thing that I fall into is believing that I have to be good enough to go to God with my struggles.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's such a lie because he wants us to come with our brokenness. And a verse that always comes to me for that is Psalm fifty-one seventeen, And that says the sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not mm. reject a broken and repentant heart. And that, you know, God doesn't expect us to be all together because we're all human. And if we tried to be perfect enough to go before him, we would always fail. He's the only one who can make us whole. And so whether it's something work related or something in our daily lives, that's not something that we need to feel burdened by, which it, it is tough, but God is
0: the one who's bearing all our guilt and all our shame. Yes. Agreed. That's amazing, Avery. That was really profound. And and I think that's something that a lot of people, and I feel like especially women, because we're just thinkers, you know, we overthink everything. And um, in general, we can replay, you know, when we mess up or replay what somebody said to us. And so it's really important that we take those thoughts captive to the Lord. And I think we can set up barriers that he already broke down. And, and we're trying, I think of like us trying to like build something up, build a barricade because we have to earn our way to get back to him when really he already tore it down. So we could just walk straight to him. You know, he loves us even when we just sinned or did something we thought was, you know, terrible and and we know it was wrong, but he loves us as much then as he does when we are, you know, doing something for him. And I think it's this balance of we're always being sanctified and we're always, um, you know, looking more like him, but at the end of the day, it's not going to be our works. And that's what really sets Christianity apart that as I've looked at other religions, that's just been the, the main factor is grace, you know? And I think that's really beautiful that you are taking that grace into your, your everyday life.
1: And that's, and that's the only way you can get through because otherwise the weight of all the guilt is way too much for anybody to bear. And that's why Jesus Mm -hmm. sacrificed himself so that we wouldn't have to.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, another thing that you're really passionate about are babies. (laughs) (laughs) You have done a lot of research between your thesis and just study in school, and probably after school, knowing you, um, <laughs> but just learning a lot about um, birth and and newborns. And one thing that I wanted to share with you that, that I found out is that this month is uh, National Breastfeeding Awareness oh, Month. No way. <laughs> yes, way. And so I really wanted to have you on the show to share about. Just kind of some things that you've picked up from studying the importance of breastfeeding. And now, any new mother or mother who's raised children who has not taken that road or doesn't take that road, like we don't can we don't condemn you for your decisions. But um, I just am curious, just as a young woman, what are some of the different research facts that you've found out about why breastfeeding is so important? Since it is breastfeeding awareness month. And it's so amazing. The
1: more you study it and there's still so much that they don't know, the more you realize just how amazing God is because he made it so specific for each individual baby. It's incredible. Um. So that is something, and I could go on and on about this, but I won't go too in depth. But, I mean, it just has so many benefits from, immunity to allergies down the road and wow so many health benefits not only for the babies but for the mom. So um one tidbit that I think is really cool is a lot of the antibodies that you need as a baby that you don't have get passed through the breast milk so wow that's uh you know babies are so tiny and so vulnerable to the outside Mm -hmm. world but that's a great way that they're protected and for example even there's a lot of vaccines that we can give to babies but a lot of them you have to wait till they're older and Mm -hmm. so that's a great way that babies are protected from all these illnesses before they're old enough to get vaccines
0: that's really cool that's great, and I've also heard, in a vanity perspective, it helps the mom lose weight. Is that right? It like does. Yes. Yeah. So that's really cool,
1: <laughs> and it also helps
0: the the baby when they grow
1: up. It helps with weight issues as well. Really, it does. that's really yeah.
0: cool. Wow, that's an. We have a really good friend who is having a baby, her first one in November, and so. You'll have to share these tips with her. I'm sure she'll just eat them up. <laughs> I can give her the whole hour-long lecture. <laughs> we can all sit and listen on our in our cabin, and do like a a little lesson on breastfeeding <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> while we drink milk. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> chocolate milk. <laughs> no, that might be weird. Y'all are just really getting to know us. Okay, <laughs> so that's really awesome, and thanks for sharing. I I wanted to just kind of pick your brain. Cause I don't know if I've ever asked you just kind of in depth, some of those just benefits of breastfeeding your child. And again, if you haven't taken that path or you don't like, there's no judgment. It's just really cool to hear how God made our bodies to just do those, do those functions and allow um, our kids to get nutrients in that cool way. So yeah. Yeah, that's neat. Thanks, Avery. And, and um, what's really great too, is
1: for the moms who aren't able to breastfeed, they're making formula more and more similar to breast milk because they realize that it's so perfectly designed. So there are a lot of really great for formulas out there, too, if if that's something that can't happen.
0: Do you have a recommendation for anybody? Um, as
1: far as formulas?
0: Yeah. That, I would think, there's so many out
1: there, it's going to be more specific from person to person. Um so okay. some babies need the sensitive formula it just kind of depends on
0: the case to case. Cool. Have you heard of like a certain brand though that's maybe the best or whatever? Um no there there are a lot of great brands out there.
1: I don't think I would be able to recommend one over another.
0: Okay, cool. Well that's really cool. Thanks for that. That's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> for future reference. <laughs> and then um one thing I wanted to talk with you about that's kind of on a heavier note um, is your journey in, um fighting depression. I think a lot of people have struggled with depression or will struggle with it at some point in their life. Um, people struggle with and talking about pregnancy, postpartum, postpartum depression. And it's just it's something that I feel like is attacking America and the enemy is just running rampant in the mental health, um, areas of our lives. And, you know, personally, and everyone now can know, I've really struggled with anxiety growing up and, um, you know, still sometimes will feel anxious in ways that a lot of people don't normally. And so, um, for you, you just really fought a hard battle with depression and really worked through it. And I feel like you've come such a long way. So, um, would you tell us a little bit about your journey with that? Yeah, and like you're saying, it
1: is a tough, heavy subject, and it's not one that a lot of people want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's easy to kind of put up a wall and try to hide kind of everybody's inner struggles, and that is something I think would be more helpful. And I think America is trying to move more in that direction, where we're open with each other with our struggles, because. Mm-hmm. For one thing, that is a a huge help, knowing that other people are there with you going through it. Yeah. One thing with depression, you do feel very alone. And I I don't think you'll always realize all the people you have around you who are willing to help. And even if you don't have a group of people, you always have the Lord. And like we were talking about earlier with guilt, for a long time, I felt like I wasn't good enough to go to God with my struggles because I wasn't worthy, and the fact is I'm not worthy, but because of the sacrifice that Jesus did on the cross, he paid, and I receive his righteousness, and because of that, I can go to God with anything um so moving past that was a huge help, and like I was telling you earlier psalm fifty one seventeen was a big help in that. Knowing that God wants us to come with our brokenness and that we don't have it all together. And I'll be honest, I still fall into that. So I think we all feel like we need to have everything together all the time and we're human. And unfortunately that's never going to happen. Yeah.
0: (laughs) What would you say to somebody who is really in a dark place right now, who's listening and just, maybe they just feel really isolated and alone or they're just depressed because maybe they lost their job or they're just uncertain about life or, you know, um, maybe even struggling with suicidal thoughts. Like, what would you say helped you get to where you are now? When I was feeling at my
1: darkest, I, part of what I would do, I'd journal and write down my prayers, but I would write down, when I felt like I was at my lowest, I wrote down, a little date in my journal of that day. And I said how I was feeling. And I realized that one day I was going to look back at that and have come through it because I knew that God was going to be able to sustain me and get me out of it. I didn't know how long I was going to feel down and feel low, but I knew that if I stuck to the Lord, he was going to help carry me through. And I'll be honest, Mm -hmm. I still have days where I struggle And feel sad and have a hard time with joy. But Mm -hmm. God is there for us. And we're all going to struggle with something different. But there's lots of people out there who might have the same struggles. And knowing if you can kind of reach out to people outside of yourself, which is really hard when you're feeling alone and Mm -hmm. in that dark place. But that definitely helps having people who you can walk through that journey with. Um, but yeah. Relying on the Lord, knowing that he's there with you, that he's watching and he cares that you're going through this. Um, One of my favorite verses during that time was Psalm 56, six through eight. And that says, you keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded mm-hmm. each one in your book. I just think that's so beautiful knowing that the God of the universe who created everything in the world still cares about every tear that you shed. And I think knowing that definitely helps. I think using your resources, trying to branch out if you need counseling, if you need, you know, to talk to anybody that definitely helps just having somebody you can go to, to talk about your
0: struggles. Yes. Yes. And I think voicing it, you know, because I think the enemy wants us to feel alone, like you had said. Mm-hmm. And and when you feel alone, you don't share because of shame and guilt and embarrassment. And then because you've tried to hide your struggle, it makes it worse and you're, you're pushing yourself away. Like whenever I've been in an anxious season, I felt very alone and very misunderstood to a point where I just felt like I couldn't, I, I could never relate to anybody else. Like they would never be able to understand where I was at. And there are people, unfortunately, I feel terrible. <laughs> Other people have to go through that too. But it does kind of help you feel better knowing, oh, I'm not so weird. And and I think with, you know, um, emotional issues that people go through, there, there has been a stigma in the past of, oh, you're going to a counselor, you must be a crazy person or a psycho, psychiatrist, you know? And so I, I do like what you're saying, how people are starting to break down these barriers of of people being too ashamed to go get the help that they need or to just talk to a friend even. And I think it does take a lot of courage just to step in that first visit to the counselor or that first Conversation with a pastor or friend. And um, so I'm encouraging anybody listening that if you're in a place, like it's okay. Like it's okay if you're in a dark place and it's better to start to just share where you're at and be realistic and give yourself the grace to work through it. Because I think a lot of times we want to fix ourselves and we feel so far away from that healing that we, have these huge expectations that our life's going to be different the next morning. But sometimes mm-hmm. we just got to give ourselves the grace to, you know, wrestle through that with the Lord. And, and I think about the Psalms when David was crying out to God and he was so upset and he just didn't even want to live. And, and then by the end of that chapter, he's saying, but Lord, I, you know, I will trust in you or, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to choose joy. And then the next Psalm is super happy. And so It's, it's a, it's a real thing. It's a real way that I think we have to recognize that sometimes it's the way that we are maybe wired that way or genetics even, Mm -hmm. but then also, um, noticing too, when an attack is spiritual, it's not, not necessarily even your genes. It's, it's, it's noticing and being very aware of, you know, the enemy knows that this is a struggle of mine is he attacking me with this or is this just my flesh? And so what do you do when you start to feel that way again, now that you're kind of in a new season and, you know, we're always susceptible to sin, but what 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 are some tips that you would give if somebody starts to be tempted to fall back into maybe old ways? Because it's always there, yes. you know, it's always going to be there. We've got to choose joy and choose life. And that is something,
1: and and it is something that I definitely still struggle with, with choosing joy. I think realizing that it is a choice and it's so easy to get in that downward spiral, like you were saying, where you, you want to hide, you don't, you feel alone and you don't want to reach out. I think that something that's so crucial with getting past it is to, you know, talking it out, calling up a friend or and if you don't have that, finding a pastor or mm-hmm. just crying out to God. Um, the Psalms, like you were saying, are such a great book to read when you're struggling with sorrow and and guilt. And you feel like you're alone. There's so many great Psalms where David's having those exact same feelings. And it's knowing that somebody else went through that definitely helps. But, yeah. I mean you know, you're still going to have days where you want to get in that spiral and keep going down. And I think just taking a moment and trying to look outside of what you're feeling, which can be really, really hard. Um, trying not to let your emotions control you. And mm-hmm. and that is something I think I'll always have to really sit down and work through. Because it, is, it can be very difficult to not let the sadness kind of creep in, Um but kind of moving beyond that, using your resources,
0: telling people when you are struggling, because so that definitely,
1: mm-hmm.
0: definitely helps. Yeah. And even there are some physical things that you can do, you know, go work out or take a walk or yeah. being out choose in the foods sun. <laughs> that are good for you.
1: Yeah. Vitamin D has been shown to to help with depression that's being outside and getting that sun that's the way you get vitamin d
0: and exercising
1: releases endorphins And that's a lot of the time stuff you don't feel like doing when you're yeah and just making yourself go out and being active and and getting that you know even if it's you know a short five minute walk outside even Mm -hmm. taking those steps that's you know and you can feel good about that afterwards and saying look, I accomplished
0: this and keep trying to work and doing more and more. Yeah. So basically what you're saying is we should all just move to Hawaii. Yes. (laughs) And reside there. I mean, honestly, summer, I just feel so happy. I love, I love the warmer weather and the sun, although today it's like 90 degrees, so I'm not really happy with that. But you know, I mean, it is a thing. People will say like winter depression is a thing too. So knowing, I think knowing your seasons and being prepared for them too cuz i think whenever we get to a place where we think oh i'll never go back to that again that's a really dangerous place mm-hmm. to be because when i've been there um like i i hadn't struggled with being anxious um in a probably 3 years and then it kind of hit me again this past april in a way i hadn't dealt with in a while and and i just think we have to be careful <laughs> to to think that because then we're going to be devastated if we do have another season where it's hard for a little while. But always knowing that we have victory in Christ and, and he's going to pull us through. And there there are even physical things that he created our bodies to do to help with our minds and our perspective. And and those are good things to, to utilize like the sunshine and yes. <laughs> different things. So that's really cool. Well, another topic I wanted to talk with you about is sisterhood. (laughs) You have a really cool relationship with your sister, Yvonne. Yvonne is how many years younger than you? She is two and a half years younger. Two and a half. And you guys are very different in your personalities, but you grew up together and you've always just been really close. So I wanted you to maybe just talk about your relationship with Yvonne what has really knitted y'all to be so close, even into adulthood? How do you stay in touch? You know, just give us some sisterhood tips today. <laughs> uh, I
1: do on my dear sister, Yvonne. I think mm-hmm. sisters are like built-in best friends that you have growing up. And and there have definitely been, and still are times we don't always get along. But I think working mm-hmm. through that, um, you know, it's harder when you're younger. I think a lot of times you're... You know, it, it's hard because everything can get difficult, especially going through puberty when yeah. you're trying to get used to all these new emotions. But it's been so good having her in my life. And and you're, you're right, we are completely different. I think <laughs> our personalities are different. We have different tastes, um, from style to music to movies. It's it's very funny how that happens. <laughs> It is my and
0: anyone listening, <laughs> me and my sister are the same, so Avery and I really relate in that.
1: Yeah, and I think even though you might be so different, you always have the same bond that your family and, mm-hmm. and I for me it's just the, the two of us, so I think that made us a lot closer. And you know, it can be just by doing activities together, even if somebody doesn't like one activity as much, just knowing that you're having the time together and because you care about that person, even if it's not something you particularly
0: enjoy. <laughs> like fun. going to the world's largest ball of yarn.
1: <laughs> yeah. World's, world's largest easel. We had to drive oh, probably an hour
0: work. out of the
1: way to go to that.
0: I'd still <laughs> give
1: her a hard time about that. So probably didn't handle that the best.
0: <laughs> was, it, was it even cool? Um, She loved it.
1: Okay, okay. I I was so tired of driving, I didn't really appreciate it. (laughs) But that's okay, because she loved it. It was probably her favorite part of the whole trip. (laughs) Wow. I would hope not, but who knows.
0: (laughs) That's cool. So what would you say to maybe someone who is a little more distant from their sister? Maybe they live in different states like you guys do. How can you start to not rebuild, but kind of just maybe even just reconnect with your adult sibling now that you're in new stages of life and you're not in the same house anymore?
1: And it has been a lot harder being so far apart. But what's great is pretty much everybody has cell phones now. So we'll
0: mm-hmm.
1: do anything from Snapchat to FaceTime to just talking on the phone and texting. And I think it's really important to keep up with that. You know, I mean, we can still go a week without talking and then catch right back up. but it definitely helps being consistent in that.
0: Mm-hmm. And you're so good at that, even with your friends. <laughs> you're the best one out of all <laughs> us. I love all of our friends, but Avery is... The best at communicating.
1: You're I try, really good at being
0: consistent.
1: I've had a lot of friendships that have fallen away that I wish I would have kept up better with. So as I've gotten mm-hmm. older, I've realized how just how important that is to keep up that communication if you want to keep those relationships up.
0: Yeah, that's really smart. Well, that's cool. Well, one other thing that you're doing right now is you have just moved into a new, is it townhouse?
1: Yes. Townhouse, condo, okay. I don't know what to call it, but
0: yeah. Cool. <laughs> and so you're just decorating and getting it ready. So I know Avery is very good at DIYs and art and just random projects and coming up with something really beautiful out of basically <laughs> nothing. Um, I'm not, I do not have that gift. So Avery, what are you working on right now? Anything <laughs> Interesting. Well, I'm glad that you think
1: I'm good at it because a lot of times I don't yeah. feel like that. I think the trick is not comparing yourself to the Pinterest picture. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, but I do love crafting. Um, we've made pillows for our couch. Um, one of the things we just did, my mom was here and we reupholstered Tanner's great-grandmother's chair. So that was wow. quite a project. My mom ended up doing most of that.
0: <laughs> so is she I'm like that help, as well. But-
1: yeah, my mom's way better. Um, that chair was very difficult, so we that might be the last thing I ever
0: tried to reupholster. But we did it. <laughs> I hear that's hard. I can't wait to see you need to send a picture to me. I will. Maybe I'll share it on the, the <laughs> link.
1: Yeah, it I mean it really it only took us two days, so it wasn't terrible, but it was two full days.
0: <laughs> yeah. It was So reupholstering and then you do you said pillows how- what do you mean by make pillows? Um, So we just got... Uh, you can get them at Hobby
1: Lobby or any craft store, just like a normal pillow. And then we just found some fabric and sewed them together. There is definitely one side of the pillows that I have to have facing the bottom. But the other <laughs> three sides look decent.
0: <laughs> now, do you do this by hand or you use a machine
1: um so we actually um used a machine for the three sides that look nice and then the bottom we had to do by hand and that doesn't
0: look as nice (laughs) nice I have some pillows in my office and I'm not kidding you I looked at some different ways to fold over fabric I had bought probably a year ago year and a half ago to make it look nice but <laughs> I have one pillow that the fabric is just folded over it and it's hidden <laughs> behind but I need to try to sew it so maybe you can give me some tips whenever we <laughs> hang out in a couple weeks. I'm sure. so, <laughs> so anything else um, that you've picked up on that might be helpful for our listeners who want to try something crafty at home?
1: You know there's so much I think Pinterest and Uh, it's made everything a lot easier one thing that we just did that was super easy we got some I think you've probably seen them in the store just little hanging succulent planters
0: yes and
1: we just got some cheap glass hangers I don't know what you call them from Hobby Lobby and then got some plants from Lowe's and some moss and just put it all together and hung them up in our extra bedroom and that was easy, and it took maybe 10 minutes, and they're pretty cute. So hopefully they <laughs> live.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah, how – do
1: you have to water them super often? Um, it said once a week because it's
0: succulents oh. and air plants, so hopefully it won't be too bad. We'll find, find out here yeah. in a few weeks. I don't have a green thumb, so <laughs> I tried to do succulents in my office probably a year and a half ago <laughs> when I was redecorating. and I, I watered them, but they they basically were dying. Oh, so no. I so I stuck them outside, um, and then they survived for a while. But then I think they either I think they froze in the winter. Oh. <laughs> but they I tried I tried really hard, but it's just yeah I'm not a super motivated gardener by any means. What's well, so. nice so is there, I, they make a lot of fake succulents. I look that would realistic be, now. So yeah. <laughs> That would be my jam, but they are a lot of times pricey, so I'd have to find a good deal. That's true. <laughs> but yeah, I love that. That's super cool. Well, Avery, here on the Shadow Show, we do two questions at the end of our show. So who is someone who you want to shed light on today?
1: And that would be my sweet mom. She was just here last week. And yeah. She is the most amazing person ever. I love her so much. Mm. Um, she is the strongest, kindest, funniest, smartest, most uh, adventurous, loving mother. And mm-hmm. I, I really owe her everything. She's amazing. Um, she works really hard as a teacher and um,
0: her faith in the Lord has always inspired me. That's really cool. And And your mom was a missionary kid and she's seen a lot. She has the best stories too. <laughs> she does. She does. I might have to get her on here eventually and ask her some fun questions on the air. That would be that would be fun. So um and then what is something that you want to shed light on that you're loving?
1: So right now, this is a little silly, but I love all the mermaid stuff. I, mean, I just see it everywhere. It's just trending and I love it. <laughs> yes, like like what? Like like for kids? Oh, it's just Everything I mean I haven't bought anything. Um my sister in law Taylor, she got me some cute plates of mermaid stuff.
0: I need what? to probably
1: acquire it, but you no, know, anything mermaid, I love it. I loved the little mermaid growing up, so I'm sure that's probably where it came from. But anything from mermaid cups, mermaid shirts, mermaid signs, I just see mermaid stuff everywhere. I just love So out. it's becoming the next pineapple. <laughs> There are still a lot of pineapple stuff, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: There's always something yes. that, they, that they take. Unicorns was going on, so maybe they've moved to mermaids now. Which I do still you love know. unicorns and pineapples, so hopefully they just all keep trending together. Yeah. And what was the one before that that was huge in college? Owls. Owls. Which so I thing. still love owls, too. I, maybe I just yeah. love all the trends. <laughs> you love all the trends. <laughs> I love that. Well, thank you for telling me about that because... I will have to keep my eyes open about mermaids yeah. i have not I have not noticed that I've noticed the tails that they make for kids, and I get really upset that they didn't have that for us but oh. um maybe one day, Avery, we can go and borrow some or buy some and swim in a private pool. Yes. <laughs> I will say that. Our
1: childhood dreams. Yes. I have looked at the tails and they are quite expensive, but they look <laughs> awesome.
0: <laughs> I, I know somebody with one. So maybe we'll make that happen. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate you asking. Well, I love your wisdom and I love just that you are just serving the Lord every day and, being a wife and being a nurse and, and just doing your DIYs, you know, and I think it's really important for us to hear stories of real day, real life women who are making a difference. And I just wanted to shed light on the shadow that you are carrying through your life. So people can just kind of see the impact that you're making and be inspired by you today.
1: Well, thank you. And I love everything that you're doing and you inspire me.
0: Thanks Avery. You (laughs) too. Love you. Have a great week. Thanks. Love you too. Bye. Bye. Hey, I hope that you had a wonderful time listening to my conversation with Avery. She is such a joy to have as a friend and sister in my life. This week, I wanted to let you know that our Bible Verse Club Verse of the Week is one of Avery's favorites. Psalm 56, 8. You keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. Simply practice memorizing this verse throughout the week, and hopefully by next time we are together, we will have one more scripture hidden in our hearts. Hey, if you're loving The Shadow Show, go ahead and hit the subscribe button below so that you will be able to receive one brand new episode a week. And while you're at it, head on over to the review section and leave five stars and or a comment so that other listeners will discover this show. Thank you for joining us on The Shadow Show today where we shed light on the everyday woman. Next week, join me as I sit down with another one of my favorite friends, Jen Knight. She's gonna be sharing tips on the upcoming school year from a teacher's perspective, what to do when you have the baby blues and wish that you were in a different season, and she's going to be talking about her journey with her prayer life, which is a really amazing story. And I had the opportunity to witness it personally. So thank you so much for joining me today. I am loving being your host. My name is Emma Danzi. You can find more about the show or my music on emmadanzee.com. And I look forward to seeing you next week on The Shadow Show.